Hello, you're listening to Sarah Archer in episode 196 of the Speaking Club podcast. Here's a great anonymous quote to lead us into today's show. We do not appreciate those who are brilliant, but those who make us feel brilliant. I started this podcast for two reasons. Because I want to help people recognise the power of stories and humour in speaking and because I believe it's your message that counts, not the number of ums and ahs you use. There are some organisations that want to create robot speakers. They want you to sacrifice your personality in order to speak perfectly. But I want to let you know that you can be yourself and a sensational speaker. So... If you want to be a speaker that connects and engages authentically through stories, a speaker that gives value as well as a great performance, then welcome home. Hey, I hope you and your loved ones are well. Thanks for joining me again. It's great to have you listening. And the show is continuing to grow, which is fabulous. And if you're one of the kind people who's taken the time to share about the speaking club or left a rating or review, then I want to say thank you. I know it only takes a few minutes, but I also understand that your time is precious. So it means a lot. And if you haven't managed to get round to leaving a rating or review yet, and you've got value from being a listener of the show, then it would be amazing if you could nip over to ratethispodcast.com slash TSC and share a few quick, honest words or a rating about the podcast so that others will know that it's worth a listen. Cool. Well, let's crack on with the show. You've probably heard many people share the importance of building networks and relationships in business. You may have also heard me and some of my guests talk about treating your speaking and marketing like a conversation. The trouble is that just having a conversation is easier said than done. And there are a number of things that can get in the way of us being good at this. I mean, first of all, there's the lessons we had drummed into us as children. Things like, don't talk to strangers, and it's rude to ask too many questions. Then there's our own insecurities around whether we've got anything interesting to say or ask other people. Finally, there's the feeling that it all seems so manufactured. All of this can make having great conversations challenging. And that's why I put this show together. I'm going to take you through the art and science of good conversation so that you can get better at this critical aspect of speaking and marketing. Okay, but I want to start by taking you back to the late 19th century and Victorian times. Imagine Bridgerton without Ariana Grande and Taylor Swift music. In Victorian society, being good at the art of conversation was very important. If you wanted to be upwardly mobile, the quickest way to get excluded from the best social events was to be rude or a bore. And there were also really strict rules about what constituted polite conversation and lots of taboo subjects, which could also result in doors slamming in your face. So people of the time were keen to know how to navigate this minefield of potential conversational faux pas and were looking for something to help. Well, fortunately, over in France, 
a lady called Antoinette Foray, the daughter of the future French president, was about to come to their rescue. She created a list of questions and asked her friend Marcel Proust, the author and critic, to complete them. The 35 questions that made up this questionnaire were safe areas of discussion and consequently were used by many people of the time to make small talk at social events. Here's a taste of a few of them. What is your idea of perfect happiness? What is your greatest fear? What is your greatest extravagance? Now, years later, Proust's responses to the 35 questions were found and published. And today it is known as Proust's Questionnaire. And it's influenced many modern day interviews. And you can find various celebrities and so on and so forth that's had a go at answering these 35 questions. Now, the reason I shared that story is that in addition to providing some great conversation starting questions, Proust's questionnaire offers some great lessons for those of us that want to get better at the fine art of conversation. Firstly, the questions don't require any prior knowledge of the people we're speaking to. Secondly, they're all open questions that don't lead to that shutting down yes or no answer. And thirdly, they all focus on the other person. But asking great questions is only one part, one consideration when you're having a conversation with someone. There are a few other things that you need to pay attention to, including whether there's actually congruence between what you're saying, how you're saying it, and what you really mean. Sigmund Freud said that all our behaviour is governed by our unconscious mind. And the words we use reflect what we're thinking at the surface level. And he said there could often be a disconnect between what we're saying, as I said, how we're saying it and what we really mean. And this disconnect can lead to incongruence in the words that we're using versus our body language and our vocal tone, all of which can be picked up at a subconscious level by our conversation partner. And this incongruence can damage the relationship and undermine trust without us even realising it. Now, I remember watching an episode of the TV show Ted Lasso, where Ted, this football coach or soccer coach, uh, as you might know it in the US, Ted is having panic attacks due to something bad that happened to him in his childhood. So he asked the team psychologist, Dr. Sharon, an ultra-competent professional with whom he'd had a tense and slightly adversarial relationship, if she would help him. But when he got into the room, he would use humour to deflect the conversation away from the painful stuff. And in the show, we hear Dr. Sharon having a conversation with her own therapist about Ted's reluctance to share. And her therapist says to, says to her, he uses humour to deflect and you use your intelligence. If you want him to open up, then you need to show a bit of vulnerability yourself. And Ted had unconsciously picked up on Dr. Sharon's behaviour and the disconnect between what she was saying and what she was doing herself. 
And when she let her guard down and shared about an experience from her past, it made it safe for him to do the same. And the way to combat this incongruence between what we say and how we say it is, first of all, I guess one of the best ways is to increase your self-awareness about what pushes your buttons. And then it's to stay present and mindful during conversations so that your thoughts aren't drifting off and you're laser focused on the other person. Okay, so the next thing I want to share about to help you are the big mistakes that we're all prone to make in conversations because we're human beings with egos and usually our listening skills are often really poor. And these are the key mistakes to avoid. Number one is thinking about when we can talk next in the conversation rather than actively listening to what the other person is saying. It's really important to make this conversation about them and not you. Most of the time we think that we're creating empathy or solving a problem by sharing about a similar thing that's happened to us. But we just need to listen. Another side effect of not listening and wanting to get our two penneth into the conversation is that we'll finish other people's sentences. This is down to a lack of patience and it can not only make you look like an idiot if you get it completely wrong, but it can also make you seem rude and damage that fledgling potential new relationship that's starting off. And the other part of active listening that a lot of people get wrong is not noticing the body language, tone and expressions of the person you're talking to. Just like ourselves, we're giving off signals from our body language and our facial expressions and voice, as I've said, which may be incongruent uh, with what we're saying. But also when we're with someone else, we need to pay attention to the way that they're coming across in those different areas because it might be that what you're asking is making them uncomfortable or you might want to know that the question that you've asked them has lit them up, showing this is something that they really care about. Maybe you could ask more questions on that subject. Noticing the little things can really make conversations more powerful. And the last mistake to avoid when you're listening to someone is judging. It's really important that you listen as a friend and respond as a friend rather than as a judge or, as I said before, someone who is trying to solve their problems for them. People will really appreciate you for just listening and being supportive. Right, so the last things that I want to share with you are some tips for starting a conversation with strangers. Look, I know how entering a room full of strangers can feel. Look, put me on a stage in front of an audience and I'm happy, but stick me in a networking event or a party with new people and I feel much more uncomfortable and exposed. Weird, isn't it? Anyway, but we've got to basically suck it up and get stuck in. And some of these ideas should help. One of the best things that I heard actually from Brandon Fong, who was a guest on an earlier episode of the show, was when you're meeting someone for the first time, ask them for advice. By asking someone for advice, you're showing them that you value them. It could be as simple as, what's your advice for getting the best out of this meeting? The next thing to do is ask a second question. 
but don't make it what job do you do? Everyone asks that and it's really boring. And just like in Proust's questionnaire, make it an open question that you don't need prior knowledge of them to ask and make it focused on them. It could be, what's the best question you've ever been asked at a networking meeting? Or if you want to make it about their business or career, ask them something a little different like, what's the most unusual request you've had in your career or business? The next tip is don't start a conversation about something you're interested in. It's just going to be too tempting to take over that conversation and your job is to make them feel brilliant by being interested in them. So you might actually be wondering though, when do I share about my stuff, Sarah? Well, my answer is be patient. They will ask. And even then, your answer can be framed as a question to them. So for instance, I might say, well, I teach people how to use stories in talks and their marketing so that they get more engagement and leads. What's your favourite story? Okay, so there you go. A whistle-stop, action-packed tour of conversational do's and don'ts. And here are your big takeaways. Show a genuine interest in people and it will create a strong foundation for a great ongoing relationship. Stay present and mindful during conversations to minimise the risk of any incongruence between what you're saying and how you're saying it and what you mean. Listen rather than talk. It isn't about you. Don't finish other people's sentences. Notice what people are saying to you without words. Listen as a friend, not a counsellor or a judge or a solution provider. Break the ice by asking for advice. Have some open questions lined up in your back pocket and steer clear of asking directly about the person's job or business. Well, I hope you try some of that out so that you can rock your next conversation. And, you know, if you'd like to get more practice in the fine art of conversation or speaking or storytelling, or you want to test out your messaging and all in a safe, supportive space, then do go and check out my weekly live coaching community, The Speaking Club Live. And you can find out more about that at saraharcher.co.uk slash club. Well, that's it from me again. Really appreciate you listening. And I will be back next week. In the meantime, do go out, grab your life by the nuts and get cracking. Bye-bye. Getting to practice your speaking in front of an audience is a crucial part of testing your message and developing your skills and experience as a speaker. Yet opportunities to do this in the right environment can be hard to find. Add in the chance to get expert feedback and coaching on your content structure and delivery and the opportunities are even fewer. But that's what you'll get as a member of the Speaking Club Live. Each week we'll be focusing on a different aspect of business speaking from pitching to presenting to videos and lives. There'll be hot speak slots and you'll get the chance to practice sharing your message, your storytelling, your humour and all the different aspects of speaking in front of me and other members. Then you'll get feedback and coaching from me and your peers so that you're moving forward on your speaking journey with accountability and support. 
If you'd like to find out more about how you can become a member of the Speaking Club Live so that you can build your confidence, improve your delivery and become a better speaker, then go to saraharcher.co.uk slash club now.